Hello, Baker McKenzie welcomes you to Connect on Tech, a global podcast series covering legal developments on data, technology, privacy, and security that impact your business. Here's your host, Brian Hengisbaugh, Global Chair of Privacy and Security. We're pleased today to have Raffaele Giarda, who is our Global Chair of our TMT group, that's Technology Media and Telecommunications. Raffaele, welcome to the program. Thank you, Brian. Great to be here. You know, one of the things I really enjoy about you, Raffaele, is not only are you super smart and a, and a very nice person, but your nice Italian accent always makes me feel like I'm, you know, sitting on, at, at a cafe and we're, we're sipping a coffee uh, as, we, as we talk about these important issues. And you can go from one city to the other in Italy, from one coffee to the other via a connected car. Ah, oh, very nice. Okay, <laughs> good, good, good lead-in. Okay, so let's um, let's dive right in. So, uh, connected cars and autonomous vehicles. I think people might almost have the misconception that those are kind of the same things, but they're really not. Could you give us some background on what the context is here? Right. Yeah, sure. I would say uh, a connected car is a car with a lot of influential friends. No, okay, that was a joke, Brian. Uh, was a, it's, it's a car with um, um, intelligent systems, uh, sensors, uh, services, and connected to the internet. So a vehicle that uses a number of different communication technologies to communicate with the surroundings, to communicate uh, with infrastructures, with other vehicles, with the pedestrians, uh, even with the cloud. That's why you will see in this environment uh, things uh, and acronyms uh, like V2V, vehicle-to-vehicle, V2G, vehicle-to-grid, and even V2X, vehicle-to-everything. And there is a a different uh, level of automation between a connected car and an autonomous vehicle. And depends, obviously, on the level of interaction between the car and the driver. There is an international organization called uh, SAE International, which is... uh, organization of uh, technical experts and engineers uh, also looking at standardization, which distinguishes uh, six different levels of automation, where you go from the most basic one, where the human interaction is absolutely paramount and key, to the uh, situation where the car is fully automated. And that is where we find uh, an intelligent uh, self-driving car. A car which at that point is able to perform all driving functions uh, under all conditions without human intervention. So, And that gives you also the impression of how this translates into the amount of connectivity that you find there. I was um, reading a few days ago a statistic which uh, essentially said that in a uh, F-35 aircraft, uh, you find something like 8 million lines of code when processing the data collected through its sensors. In a modern connected car, you can find as many as 150 million lines of code. So that gives a little bit the uh, dimension of the magnitude. So, Rafael, that's very good. That's that's very helpful. And it's amazing how many lines of code then are going into these vehicles. Um, but Can we assume, and in many ways, is this back to the future already, because a lot of this is already here in one form or another, that there will be increasing penetration of connected vehicles prior to getting to fully autonomous vehicles? Is that what we should expect in the marketplace? Yeah, that's correct, Brian. Um, It is estimated that, uh, for instance, in the European region, by 2023, we're going to have something like uh, 107 million connected cars. 
And that's just connected cars. But we will have to wait perhaps until, again, looking at estimates and forecasts, uh, a period of time like 2030, 2035, before uh, fully autonomous vehicles uh, will see the light in a mass market. By then, uh, predictions are that we will have around a 75% of vehicles around the globe to be uh, automated or managed remotely. Perfect. Okay. Yes. And I think the, um, the, uh, when you look at the legal implications of these developments, obviously there, there are many faceted, there are many layers, there are many different players in the ecosystem, um, in some ways, you know, highly transformative to probably more industries than we even uh, can appreciate right now. But what would you say if you were taking someone through the, the key legal issues with these developments, maybe at a, at, at a top line level? Well, it's, it's a good point, Brian, because the first um, item that comes to mind uh, being the car, a movable asset, which uh, can cause or be subject to accidents, is the liability regime in case of a car accident. Uh, how do you uh, regulate that uh, through a uh, ordinary uh, negligence uh, type of parameter or should we go through objective liability? Um, what is the uh, value of this massive amount of data that is being recorded by the car? And value meaning not just in terms of data monetization, but also in terms of value in court in case there is a dispute. Where is the uh, liability regime in case of a cybersecurity attack? Was that the fault of the driver, which was uh, sufficiently careful? Was that the fault of the software developer, which did not build internally sufficiently robust uh, firewalls? What about the issues around uh, the uh, licenses of all of these uh, patents that are being filed in these uh, years? Or uh, the other issues are about the data retention. If you think that, according to certain reports, connected cars generate, uh, each connected car does generate up to 25 gigabyte of data per hour, we understand and appreciate the amount uh, of data that is being recorded and the need to safeguard and protect them. Not to mention the telecoms regulatory issues, because if you look at the car bottom up, at the top of uh, the uh, supply, you have the networks. All of these functions, as long as there are networks, uh, mobile networks around, as long as uh, the uh, uh, SIM cards that are embedded in the cars are standardized and capable of being recognized as the car moves from one country to the other and not just within one single country. So as you can see, between uh, uh, self-regulatory, soft law, and uh, uh, governmental agencies uh, work, there's uh, quite a bit of uh, road to be uh, actually covered. Excellent. Let me ask you uh, a two-part question. You can you can choose your own adventure and, and decide to answer one part or the other. Either what way do you think that there's going to be future regulatory development that might be harmful and not helpful because it's too prescriptive or it assumes a particular business model or um, there's other challenges with it? Or conversely, is there a, a, a place in all of this where you think that more regulation actually is needed in order to allow mass scaling uh, of, of autonomous and, and connected vehicles? It's a very good question, Brian. Uh, the, uh, the answer is probably uh, striking the right balance between uh, the uh, uh, market drivers and the technology developments and the uh, regulatory evolution. I will give you an example. 
Um, we mentioned about the need for cars to be able to move from one country to the other. In an embedded scene, you have codes that are recognized uh, uh, in theory by just one country or by just one regulatory authority. The regulation intervened in a region like Europe to make sure that you can move a car seamlessly in a way that the scene part that is embedded in a car itself uh, is recognized throughout the various uh, countries, whether the car is bought in uh, um, Germany and drives uh, through another country or from France to Italy or vice versa. And that was the result of a regulatory intervention. So to answer your question, on the one hand, you need to let market drivers uh, uh, develop. On the other hand, regulation can help when in the initial phase, the market drivers might not be sufficient. Perfect. Uh, Raffaele Giarda, thank you so much. Global Head of uh, TMT for Baker McKenzie, thanks so much for being on the program. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for our next podcast when we connect on tech. For more information on data and technology, subscribe to our blog at connectontech.com or visit our website at bakermckenzie.com.